Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Somehow, we have already made it to week four. Months and months and months of waiting for the football season, and it seems like it goes in the blink of an eye. It's It just blows my mind every single year. But we are about to talk about week four. We have a lot of the main teams on Island Games. I have Numi with me because Eric Bimefor is still really scared to take some L's. And uh, what can you do? I can't force him to come on, but one day I will make sure that he's on here to take all of his best ball L's for the season. But until then, you have myself, you have Numi. Let's get it. What's up, Numi, and what's up, Felix? Thanks for jumping in the chat. Uh, how did your week three go? Good. Um, it uh, first we'll start by anyone hasn't seen any of the streams or anything I've been on this week. I do have a chip in my tooth, so if you're looking at this media like, "What is up with that guy's ugly mug?" Just got a chip in my tooth, so we'll we'll just get that out of the way. But my uh, my week three went basically. I uh, so first I want to start out with if you saw that T Higgins catch if you saw basically and if and you saw the toes come down and obviously we we, we know the reasoning it's not a catch but if you saw that or if you, if you saw it or not did, did you yeah of course i saw it so um i got fifth in the underdog br uh and uh funny enough i had t higgins on that team uh less than about it was like a five point something difference and if that touchdown which I like to think was a touchdown. A lot of people would like to think that would have, that would have been a, a great week three would have been a 50 K on the underdog BR, but alas, we got fifth and uh, we'll have to take the the awesome variance of whatever a catches on the NFL. Um, still don't know what it is after watching last night. If you saw that, saw that game and just, yeah, can't understand what that is. But uh, other than that, you know, we, we had that fun sweat and uh, that, that, that was my week three. So you can, you, I mean, I sound bitter, but it's mainly just like it's it, it mainly a little bitter because of Jamar Chase and that non-review also cost me another first. So just I'm never going to play a Bengals receiver again. <laughs> well, and if Jamar, you do, it's, it's Tyler Boyd, apparently. The, the Jamar Chase one still angers me because that was one of my teams that was absolutely smashing in week one. Uh, I was smart this weekend. I did not watch the majority of the Sunday night game. I did not watch the majority of the Monday night game. And I feel great about it. Two months ago, I would have been like, maybe even a month ago, I would have been clamoring. I'll watch any NFL game. And then I saw that I watched like the first half of the first quarter, which is a real weird thing to say, for this Sunday night game. And I was like, I'm not doing it. 
I'm just not doing this. I'm not watching this offense. I'm not watching the 49ers. Uh, as far as my DFS stuff, I went away this weekend. I went literally to an island for the weekend and got back early Sunday morning. So I didn't play nearly as much as I normally would. So it was a bunch of single entry stuff. And my first player in on every single team was Devonta Smith this week. I was like, this is the guy I want for every single team. He's just way too underpriced based on he played the Monday night before. I love AJ Brown, but the price point is so high. I can do a lot more with Devonta Smith in the lineup, which sounds good. I still lost a little. I didn't get killed. I cashed in the double spy, but I my running back situation went real bad for all my single entry teams is what I'll say. I galaxy brained it for myself. I went with high high priced running backs, which I just usually only do one at most. And I tried to jam Cook and Eckler or like mix in an Eckler into some teams and it ended up being a mistake. Well, I think it was basically if you didn't have Derrick Henry, it was kind of like a bust or Devin Singletary. So there wasn't, there was, I mean, there's a couple of people, but for the high price guys, I'm pretty sure only Henry was the one that got, got like home with the, with the score. But, but yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, If you think about it with the 57 K entries, yeah, it's top or point zero one percent. So we'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take that. And next time, hopefully the variance goes in our way, but um but yeah, Kyle Pitts is not dead, so we figured that Kyle out. Kyle Pitts that, is not dead. That, that's uh, you know, um, now now it's Kyle Pitts isn't dead, and now it's now it's here we go. Now it's all wheels up. He's got it. So now there's no more dead games. Says the says everyone in the market. So yeah, it's just been a it's been fun. Every every week in the NFL uh, is just hilarious with, with what Twitter and and everything has to go. So so Jacob says, hey guys, new to the channel. Do you guys take fantasy trade questions? Not generally, but. I can make an exception if I feel as though it's worthy of discussing. So throw it in the chat. And if we think that it's something that we can discuss, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it. Um, so what we're going to talk about today for a little bit is the trends of the season. So things we thought we were getting right, what we're seeing within these teams. And Numi, is there anything that you're noticing that you're like super excited about or that is like scaring you to death right now based on a team or specific players on a team? I would say, honestly, my biggest for for my best ball exposures, how of a how big of a workhorse Leonard Fournette is and how of a non-existent factor Rashad White is. I yep. mean, just non-existent. And I know it's only been whatever games, but it basically looks like if Le- if Leonard Fournette's playing, you're he's playing. And it's so obviously coming in, uh, I think smart people, Hayden and jo- Hayden Winks, Josh started targeting that, you know, like this is Leonard Fournette. His usage is what we've got for him. But like earlier in the season, the shiny new toy, you know, Fat Lenny. So it was Rashad White. And so for trends, it's kind of like I, I looked at happened to look at my best ball explosion and saw him in my top 10 for running backs. I was kind of like, oh, that kind of sucks. And I went through all those teams. Um, that's just, you know, a minor one. Uh, but that that's like the first thing that immediately stuck out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Doggo. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, you can't if you don't have a dog on a on a fantasy. Book, <laughs> you probably should just just stop right there. So it's not worth it. But um Gotham usually makes himself a little scarce during streams, but occasionally he comes uh, comes sauntering by. It was it was the you said trends, and he goes, "Let me speak my let me speak my mind." Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is James Robinson. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. really it's it's been interesting to see how much of almost not. I mean, basically a workhorse role he's getting. I mean, ETN is if he's getting anything, it's garbage time. I've been looking up and um, and he's and Robinson's looked good. Like that's another thing. He's looked explosive and good. Like he popped off that fourth and one and he was just burst it and he was gone. So that's something that's uh, been fun for my exposures. But yeah, that's a that's a fun trend look, looking at that. I don't know. What what would we do? What have you noticed so far? Well, the Jags are definitely a team I want to talk about as a whole on yeah. this thing. Um I famously was not on Travis Etienne this year. I thought people that were drafting him, you know, were insane. They were chasing him into the third round at some points fourth round and it just i i get the idea behind it but then you see the player profile and we went over it a million times about like how he doesn't know how to catch a football basically and it's like he's not deandre swift like that's just not who he is and that's who people wanted him to be right so 
the, the, the flip side of this though, is I was not like on James Robinson. I wasn't drafting, not drafting Travis Etienne because I was like, James Robinson's going to come in and crush. I thought Robinson was going to come in and take some of the workload. And that was part of the reason I was like hesitant on Etienne, but boy, were we just way off on what James Robinson was going to do, but rightfully so the injury was scary. It was at the end of the year. So I, I completely understand why none of us were fully on James Robinson. For what me, I, it was it was just the price versus Acres. You know what I mean? Coming off like the same injury, it's like people were doing the same thing with Acres, chasing mm-hmm. him up, and then Robinson. You were getting at one point uh, in like the one eighties before he slowly got you know bumped up into his. I think it was one sixty or something like that. But yeah. that was the thing for me. Like I knew the injury, but you know we're doing zero RB. He fit that. So like. Yeah, I was, I was, I was all over Robinson, but yeah, sorry right. to interrupt there, but no, 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 you're good. And where I was going to go with this is exactly what Felix just said. He says, Sam, I was all about the Jags passing game. And so was I, I was on the Jags passing game, specifically Christian Kirk. You don't pay that money with the expectations of him not being the number one wide receiver, right? That's what we were saying all year. Well, specifically me, like I was like, they want this guy to be the number one. They over, technically overpaid him mm-hmm. to come be the number one. And we had a coach that we saw work wonders with Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson made Carson Wentz like an MVP until he got hurt, right? Now, we're going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, and there's still going to be growing pains for Trevor Lawrence. But through three games, he's starting to look somewhat like what we thought he was going to be coming out of college. Right. So the Jags, I always thought they were going to be like a middle of the road offense, which is a good thing. That's not a negative. That is a good thing based on where they were last year. And we were going to want to take shots on them. But just for me, it was shots on the passing game. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, love Trevor Lawrence where he was getting drafted. He was a gigantic tear break for me when we were doing our drafts back then. Um, It was like him and Tua in the same range, basically. Those yeah. two guys, and then a massive, massive cliff after that for me. So I love seeing what the Jags are doing, honestly. They're, so I have a team every year where, like, I root for the Patriots. I root for the Eagles. Let's be real transparent here. I don't care as much as I used to about teams, like, in general. Like, I, I'm i lucky enough to have seen everything I need to see from the teams that I enjoy, <laughs> right? Like, I saw the Patriots win their Super Bowls. I saw the Eagles every other sport. So now it's like I root for players specifically or like fun teams as well as rooting for my team still. Um, Last year, the Cardinals were the fun team to root for. I liked rooting for the Cardinals. This year, it's the Jags. The Jags are just a fun, fun team now. Like they are – I'm going to root for them to win almost every game that they play now. I I wish I could dissociate myself from my team. Um, no, I, I see a, the meltdowns. I see the meltdowns on Twitter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, it'll never change. Um, I mean, I from whatever. I, I mean, I, I've been through so much in my life <laughs> as a Vikings fan. It's just the only thing I expect is disappointment. So, um, I to that point, uh, Trevor Lawrence is my highest exposed QB in Best Ball Mania. Um, nice. So I agree and in, in lockstep with you there. Um, I was more. I have more Zay Jones. Um, mm-hmm. Then Christian Kirk, although I do have Kirk, but I, I was I have more Jones at his cost, um, and then a lot of um, a lot of James Robinson. Let's see if I even have any Travis Etienne. I have two drafts with him, so I think it was mainly like, oh, you know, let's let's get to a little bit of exposure in there. But but yeah, I, I'm a, I'm totally in lockstep with you and the Jags. They're my of total stacks. They're my they're <laughs> it's gross. They're second to the Patriots for me. Oh so. no. Well, that, yeah. those stacks are dead now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't need to talk about that though. So <laughs> we got uh, below that. We have Miami. We have Miami, Minnesota, KC. So you know, we'll take that. If if it makes you feel better, there was a time in my life that I owned more Minnesota Vikings gear than any other team. Just so you know, because because oh, Randall Cunningham went and played for the Vikings. So uh, okay. Gotcha. The whole reason that I like football is because of Randall Cunningham. I gotcha. just he he was a revolutionary player 25 years before his time before he should have been in in the league. If that guy would have been in the league now, he would be the top QB off the board 
every single year. He is Lamar Jackson with an arm unlike any other quarterback. I think the dude even had a 78-yard punt in a game one time or something like that. <laughs> but if you've ne- – like, so I'm I'm sure – so he was he was already getting banged up a lot when I was young watching him, so I was watching more highlights of him. If you've never watched a Randall Cunningham highlight package, make sure it's from the Eagles, right? But, like, from his Eagles years, go find that highlight package, and you'll be like, dude, if this guy played today – he would be breaking fantasy football every single week. It was unbelievable to watch. And uh, when he went to the Vikings, he still had a cannon. He didn't have to run, but he could still throw the ball. How do you think Randy Moss was catching 90-yard touchdown passes every week? It's because Randall Cunningham had a, had an arm that could get the ball 70 yards downfield with no problem. So, Yeah, that was when I was a youngin', so... That was when I was uh, I was a youngin when he was when I when he came to Minnesota. So right. So yes, I'm a, I'm a little older, but that's fine. It's no no worries. Yeah, my my youngin days were Dante Culpepper before he blew out his knee. So yeah. like that's what I vividly remember. So I literally have an email like that's what I the DC roll on and this whole dark yeah uh, yeah love me some Dante's. I still have my yellow Vikings jersey for Randy Moss like put away because. I never saw another one back then. So, mm, yep. All right. Speaking of yellow, which is a good transition, I <laughs> want to talk about the Rams a bit because I think they're another interesting team. And what I see going on with this team is specifically an absolute backfield bias based off of week one. And people are going to continue to bury Cam Akers. And I think he's fine. Like, I don't think he's going to be, he's not going to like win the rushing title or anything like that. But we, people seem to be overlooking the fact that they were absolutely getting rocked by the Bills in week one, right? So game script wise, they're going to need their pass catching back and on the field more. And I think people are just like focused on that first game rather than what's gone on the last two games with that, with Cam Akers. And I think that's something we can be ahead of going forward. Do you yeah. have any thoughts on this? I mean, if you just look at the last two, like two games, he's out snapped um, Henderson 27 to 14. Um, if we look at like, tar- I, I don't know if I can get targets up this quick, but yeah. So he's got three to three to one. So I know it's not many targets, but I mean, he's looking like uh, he's getting the the run right now. And he's, they're, they're trying to like, after McVeigh immediately came out and just said he needs to be better, just point blank. Mm-hmm. They've been almost just, it's it's been clear in favor of Acres to be getting the run. So, um, yeah, like, like it's 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 fun. It was funny in daily contests when everything after after one week was uh, everything after one week was Henderson, 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 and then they come out and do that. It's just basically the recency bias. Yeah, recency bias is, is a is a hell of a drug. So, um, and if we're taking off trends, the last two games they've been seen to go in acres, but it, they could just be doing a mix of who, whatever's coming. Um, Henderson looks to be, I mean, Henderson's slightly more efficient on the ground, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't know what, I don't really know what to make of this team. Uh, they seem to be trying to get Allen Robinson the ball and he does not seem to be wanting to convert any of the opportunities. I think he has like one touchdown. Um, so it, again, it looks, it looks to just be Cooper cup or bust for that offense. Um, he just opens up so much. So yeah, I don't, I, it, it was tough for me with that team. Cause I was going, uh, my main exposure to that in best ball, anything was always Higby just because of cost. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know about you, but, and, and I guess Henderson too, which kind of sucks for the last two weeks, but. Well, both LA teams were the same for me because they were so hard to get because of cost. It was, it was Higby and it was Gerald Everett right for for exposure wise for the chargers or the rams yeah i i think i think when you're playing the la rams backfield i think it's going to be the easiest cut and dry situation if you think it's going to be a game that they're going to be either behind or in a shootout it's probably henderson and if you think it's games that they're just going to dog walk people you play acres like it's it's that easy, I think, with the LA Rams for the most part going forward. I think A Rob's done though. I mean, he's going to have his games here and there. And the funny thing is, it's going to be the reverse of the Acres thing. So as soon as A Rob has a game, 
if he goes out there and scores a touchdown and has 90 yards, people are going to be like, all right, he finally knows the offense. He's finally back. But this offense is Cooper Cup, and it's been Higby in the passing game as well. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I'm not going to fall for the A-Rob thing. And DFS stuff, he's going to have to fall like to like insanely reasonable prices for me to even consider playing him. Yeah, I mean, Skoranek has more tar- like higher, higher target share, more targets on the season, more receptions on the season. Like, he just doesn't have the touchdown. So, like, mm-hmm. if Ben Skoranek is 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 getting in there, and then Van Jefferson is supposedly coming back soon, yikes! Yeah, I don't know about Allen Robinson. It's tough. It's tough. If we're if we're talking a weekly game, it's got to be basically straight leverage play or that. So, but off of, I I think I might have fell into a little bit of the yeah. I think I fell into a little bit of the A Rob like. You don't want to miss out. Like, and it was, it was for me, I took a Rob on a lot of teams that I had Jefferson and chase. So it was basically kind of mm-hmm. leverage off cup. So that was just kind of how I was taking those teams. And it's, you know, fine with the process, you know, in, in theory, you're signing with the super bowl, like defending super bowl champs. Everyone's calling you dust. Like you've seen what we did last year. Like in, it, it's not a bad play. So I'm not, I'm not mad at the result, but yeah, he does not look great through two or three weeks at all. Um, real quick, Al is asking, what's a realistic percentage of teams to advance the playoffs with 150 teams? Um, off the top of my head, I believe it's 16%. You should be advancing at like a 16% rate. So I don't remember the exact number for that, but that's what you're looking for. 16% is average, and then above that is moving on, if I remember. Does that sound right? I think I didn't go by the weeks in the season. I thought that's how you're supposed to calculate it. Uh, it could be that too. I thought I it was know. that. I thought it's what I think that's why it was 16%. I, I saw I was inverted talking about it, and then uh, yeah, okay, 16 yeah. by that. So I'm way wrong, but I was inverted was talking about it. Then he also <laughs> said, uh, um, he also was like, Yeah, if anything over zero for me, I'll be happy. I'm like, You know, fair enough. That's kind of yeah, it's fair enough. So, well, it also depends on how you play best ball, too, right? Yeah. Because if you smooth out your exposures, that 16% is probably going to be a little easier to hit. But if you're taking stands, you're either probably going to be a bit over that 16% or a bit under. I think last time I checked, I was advancing like 25% of my teams currently. So, it, I mean, but that's not going to hold. Like, that's either going to go up or down. It's it's week three. <laughs> yeah, so. that's like, yeah, that's like checking the MLB uh, season basically after like <laughs> not even a month. It'd be right. like, look at look at guys, I'm in first by all this, and then midway midway all your guys are hurt and half your pitchers have Tommy John. So that's so I just looked up my I just looked up my exposure to Allen Robinson and Best Ball Mania. And I have three percent. And this goes back to the, the discussion I was having, I believe two weeks ago with Bime Four. And it's like, why do I even have three percent of Allen Robinson? Clearly I didn't like Allen Robinson, right? So why wasn't I hammering the guys that I actually liked in that range? instead of wasting those five teams with him on it. And that could go both ways. You could miss on a guy too. But if I'm going to miss, I'd rather just miss big personally. That's that's how I've always been mm-hmm. with gambling and fantasy teams and anything like that. I'd rather take big swings and spots that I feel good about. So, I mean, those are things you can look at. Uh, some other teams. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos because do we have to <laughs> yeah because this is yeah. a team that we were yeah relatively <clears throat> excited about in the preseason they had russ coming over he wasn't going to be shackled by pete carroll anymore and i think this is kind of a tale of two teams right now where we see that the seahawks are throwing a bunch more than we thought they were going to be i think they're throwing at like 64 65 right now and this is not what they would have done with Russell Wilson behind the helm. So were they cognizant of the fact that they kind of had to leash him a little bit more? And dare I say, God, it makes me want to vomit. Is Pete Carroll a little bit smarter than we give him credit for at times? Oh God. Um, I think it's, uh, I mean, if I was high on Russ coming over, I mean, I, I thought with all the weapons, um, I, I don't, I don't think it's Pete care. Like uh, I, I, it, it's, I think Nathaniel Hackett is really playing a, a big factor in this. The fact that he just doesn't yep. know what he's doing. That's clear. We have to bring in a, um, 
a like a, a timekeeper. Yeah, like basically like a, yeah. a so yeah, making sure he's doing everything right. And then I saw a tweet where basically he was the the guy advocated for a punt on something. It was just and then that's a mess. So I think the Broncos are just a mess. I I, I looked at like Russ's like passing and he's struggling so much over the middle versus mm-hmm. just going out. I mean, if you watch that game, which you didn't, it was god awful in the fact that it it was basically Russell drops drops back and then would just pass to either someone behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. There was like very few throws. Obviously there was probably, yes, more, but there was very few throws that looked like where the ball's actually going down the field. They'd have to have a good play and then to go right back to the same thing over and over again. It would just be run on first down. All right, now we have second and seven. Let's pass and do this. Yeah. Um, that offense is, 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 it's just tough. Um, I, it could be, it could be like them again, uh, having a hard time just, that exactly that basically yeah. Russ isn't playing the scheme that he's used to uh like his he wants his team to play and if we there's one thing that I was listening to it's like if we remember a lot of Russell Wilson's good plays it's him basically breaking free and making these giant playground type plays mm-hmm. and then he just la- or launches one down the field and it's him being heroics and that's when Russ is doing these great plays yes he has the, t- the drop backs and he'll launch one to Tyler Lockett back in the day. But like a lot of the things that we remember, it's Russ just creating this magic, doing the spin out, doing a lot with his legs and making it here. There's nothing of that. Like it, it, he's not doing any of that magic and it's just the offense looks, looks bleh. And like, I hope that they can turn it around. You know what I mean? Like it's, you have to get comfortable and you have to get used to things. So in, in 10 weeks, like, you know what I mean? If this is, we, it's just things are starting to become a little more more sticky, and we're starting to get a little more a little more substance to what's going on after we're getting more weeks into this. So, if this continues to be a trend, it's kind of like sinking ship. But like in week ten or twelve, you know, somewhere around there, we could this could be we could be laughing at this. It could be the Aaron Rodgers relax without saying it, and all of a sudden they're because uh, I think it, aren't they two and one or one and two? Like they're still yeah, I think they're two and one. They're two and, and one. So and they could be the lead of it their out. division. Yeah, so they're in the lead of their division. Not that that matters for us, but right, they could right. still be in the lead of their division and then starting to catch fire and Russ is starting to cook. So, I mean, if you want to bet on talent and what we've seen, it's like, well, we, we can't do anything when in terms of best ball. Our lineups are locked. But like right. in, in in DFS and dailies or anything like that, they're, they're being so underpriced that it's just like, yeah. one of the, They're going to explode one of these times and we're finally going to be like, oh, there it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we expected. Russ is going to have his three, four touchdown game, 300 yards per, like, Russ game. So, I don't know. It, it's been a really tough watch, um, especially that that Sunday night game. So I can't <laughs> believe you all fell for it and watched that game. I knew after, like, punt six by a minute with 10 minutes remaining in the first quarter that it's time for me to go to bed. I'm not dealing with this. Um, yeah, I think so. Just to give like my little Nostradamus hat, this is the Javante Williams two touchdown week this Sunday. I'm calling it now. We're gonna get the the Javante Williams explosion game this week. So be on the lookout for that. I do think yeah. it's Hackett. I do think it's it's got a lot to do with Hackett. He feels lost, and you can feel this with um. Well, sorry about that. You can feel this with with these head coaches sometimes Tom Sula with the 49ers that year that he was a lame duck coach anyways, felt the same exact way. So what we should do is transition over to the other side of this game and talk about the 49ers as well, because there is an entire different set of messes going on (laughs) on that team. And how, who saw the video of Jimmy Garoppolo telling Mike Shanahan that all of his plays suck. They, they found that video. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Look it up no. on Twitter. So they have him on camera, so, like, walking wait, to Mike the side. Mike or Kyle? Um, like, the, like the coach? Like Kyle coach. Shanahan? Yeah, Kyle okay, Shanahan. Okay, I, I, was, I, was, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When, no, when no. did they ever have No, him? on Mike, sorry. On, the on like, they caught him, like, got you. Like, mouthing it, so he wasn't I'm actually. I'm going to put this in my search bar just yeah. so I can, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So it's basically he's walking to the sideline, and they've translated it by his lips it's like all of your plays suck and it's clear that that's what he's saying it's amazing so look that up maybe when you start talking I'm, i'll try I to see, pull it up i see it right here yeah i'm uh, yeah. it's yep wow yes. so okay. and <laughs> i funny. think 
so Nez is about to. This is my. This was the point I was about to make. Shani is such a fake sharp. I believe Jimmy. I've never been a Garoppolo guy, and I still don't think he's good. And I never thought Trey Lance was good, but I think Shanahan might be the biggest fake sharp coach that's in the entire world. We shit on Cliff Kingsbury because he okay. sucks. <laughs> Shanahan lost two Super Bowls because he's an idiot. His offense has never been that good in the passing game. He's set up some decent running game attacks for sure, but that team's never, never move the ball through the air. Like, on any type of like top 10 basis. I mean, maybe a 10th and someone wants to call me out because they finished 10th or something and passing at some point, whatever. But the eye test, just look at the eye test with the 49ers over the past five years. And yeah, we blamed Garoppolo on a lot of it, but I think Shanahan just sucks. And he just, he is not a good coach. He's not a good game manager. We've seen that in the past. Hell, I mean, thank God for me, but he was the guy who blew the Super Bowl against the Patriots, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, the Patriots should have never won that game. And this guy is an idiot, and I'm pretty sure that when he blew the one against the Chiefs with the 49ers, he said, like, there's some report or something, if I remember correctly, he goes, oh, God, not again, or something like that, because he blew that game. I think Shanahan's the biggest problem in San Francisco. Excuse me. Yeah, um... I've always, I mean, it's Shandy's been tough because like you, you always have that feeling, and he just looks kind of like a he looks somewhat lost up there sometimes when he's just because they they pan to him and he's just doing his like and, and he just looks he just he, I mean yeah he he looks sharp but sometimes he literally just looks like he's just lost, um, and yeah obviously it, I'm not gonna put all the blame on Shandy because it's Jimmy Garoppolo and we we know what Jimmy Garoppolo can and cannot offer, um, but. Yeah, it, you, you you're on, you're onto something there, and that offense. I mean, it it basically that offense is is Debo. It's Debo or bust. Uh, yes, there's George Kittle, but I mean, they're gonna do everything they can to to work it through Debo, and especially now that they have. Uh, oh yeah, you want to? <laughs> you tell each other all of this plays suck. So I want to I want to play the. Go the Jimmy yeah, go Garoppolo thing. So, just anyone that's watching. So we are watching. All of your players suck. All of your plays. Sorry, not all your players. Um, it clear as day. I don't know if anyone else caught that, but yeah, it is but, clear as day. Yeah, I, I will say I agree with again. Mike Mike cranes up a great a great point. Like we watching the game, like this, we really we cannot be putting all of the blame on Kyle because again, no. this is the, yeah, no. this is like, and to me, it's still more Jimmy. But yeah, I think Kyle gets set. I mean, again, he's way more of an offensive or, or, or NFL mind than me. He's Kyle Shannon. He has a job. But, like, sometimes his, his play calling just seems like he gets set and he do, he doesn't deviate and he just continues to run the same same play calls, or like the same scheme, and he doesn't go anything off. Um, yeah, I mean, nepotism is great. Nepotism is a great thing whenever <laughs> your father was a head coach, to be honest. So there are things that can be true. Trey Lance can suck. Jimmy Garoppolo can suck and Shanahan can suck. Those can all be true. Oh yeah. Every single one of those can be true. And I believe all three of those are. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of it come through. Now he has tremendous talent on that team and talent is always going to bail out coaching for the most part until it doesn't in key situations. But over the course of a long season, talent's going to prevail and win you football games. So I just think, that we give Shanahan too much of a pass to be perfectly honest. I, I don't, you know, and, and it just, I also think that as a fantasy community, we want the 49ers to be such a thing every year. Like I heard people touting them as like one of the number one offenses last year. They've been touting them as one of the number one offenses this year. And people want it because they have talented players. And that might be the Broncos thing this year too. Time will tell on them. But I think we do it with the 49ers every year. And I'm not sure we're going to have more than one or two players that are fantasy relevant every year on the 49ers that are even worth talking about. And we were talking about them sustaining three to four to five people in that offense this year. And I just don't know if that's ever a possibility in Shanahan's <laughs> offense. Yeah, if we, if we want to sustain anyone, I hope that it's Brandon Ayuk. He's my highest exposed player in best ball. Um, so, tough. yeah. Tough it, right it, now for the for for me and my I my Ayuk exposure, but um, 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with you. I, I was high on their offense. Um, granted, it was Trey Lance and <laughs> it was none of it was Jimmy. But yeah, it's it's going to be tough. It, it, I think they'll figure it out and they'll still their defense will keep them in games enough where their offense should just has to be just just good enough to, to get them over the hump. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. It's tough. I don't see them going to the playoffs. I mean, maybe with the NFC's weak, so it, it, they could easily squeak in with that with the amount of teams in there. But, but yeah. All right, let's move on. Do you want to talk about a good team or do you want to talk about a bad team? Uh, we'll do bad. All right, let's talk. We'll about do another the, bad. Let's talk about the Saints. <laughs> oh, where do you think? Like this team, I was already down on preseason. Like mm-hmm. I, I did not want to touch the Saints. I didn't want Kamara at ADP, no matter where it was, fourth round, first round, second round. I didn't want to touch the Saints because I thought they were going to be bad. Now, perhaps I have a little bit of run good on this because Winston is playing with four fractures in his back. And we're talking about a guy that's already, you know, like we know who Jameis Winston is. And he's showing that even more so currently. And it's like they're trying to keep him in check by not letting him unleash it as much as he wouldn't Tampa, yada, 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 same old thing. But there is nothing redeemable on this team right now. And I think people had them a little higher than they should have been in the preseason. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this. <clears throat> take the stand. I was on Kamara. Um, I'm, I'm holding out hope that Jameis is back somehow is he doesn't allow him to play for a certain amount. And maybe we get Andy Dalton, the check down king. Uh, that's not not that he is, but that that we get uh, um, that. But I will say, I think I mean Alave's looked great. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Nez this. He does look like an NFL well, wide receiver. I'm gonna have to back out and see how the. Oh, okay, so that was the first comment in a while. Oh yeah, well that's in that's crazy because I did not see that comment. Yeah, Alave looks great. Um, when Jameis is just basically doing you know effort, he Alave's down there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's making plays and he looks he looks good. So I mean. I'll give you guys a lave for sure. Uh, he does he, look good. Yeah. And I mean, um, I was kind of out on Thomas because I just didn't know that injury. I mean, he's there and I was a little more in on Landry. Uh, and then, but yeah, I was, I, I'll take the L. I was on Kamara. He hasn't been great so far. He just does not. I mean, he's not getting the role, anything close to the role that he was. Um, and that's, that's, that's what made him so valuable. So um, I should have definitely like just, considered you know Jameis Winston is his quarterback and he is a gunslinger so he does not want to check down to Alvin Kamara that 10 one. times a game so yeah that that is that is that's my my blinds that's definitely my blinders going into this going into the season was you know it's Alvin Kamara in the third round like look what we're getting um but yeah uh the Saints have been tough um uh, I'm hoping this week that they're even more tough because they play my Vikes so um but uh yeah I I'll take the L. I don't know what else to say on Kamara. Like, I'll take the L, and all I can hope for is, is Andy Dalton, and we just start getting 10 targets a game. Oh, God. Andy Dalton's going to be rough, too. But, yes, for Kamara. Oh, I know. I mean, that, not that he's an, I'm not touting Andy Dalton as an upgrade. Specifically, yeah. I'm hoping he's just an upgrade to maybe Kamara getting a little more volume. That's the only thing I'm touting. Andy Dalton, not an upgrade. <laughs> I mean, it's got to tell you something that they're still playing Jameis Winston with four fractures in his back. Instead of running Andy Dalton out there, like to me yeah, that is no, tells me and letting <laughs> and letting people know, like before the game, like this dude has four fractures in his back, and you're letting teams that you're playing know. I mean, I know you got to be transparent about injuries and stuff, but that is insanity to me. I mean, clearly it's not. It sounds worse than it probably is. Yeah. One of those things, but geez. All right, let's talk about a fun offense. Let's talk about the Eagles. Because I thought, I think everyone thought they were going to be good, but I still think there was a lot of reservations on this team. And I would say through three weeks, any reservations you had about this offense should be completely put to bed at this point. You have AJ Brown. I think he looks better than he's ever looked, right? No bias on this, like because he's in an Eagles uniform, but he just looks like they are feeding him and he looks, he looks as grown as he did in these games with the Titans. Like he had these games with the Titans where he would go off, Mm -hmm. but he looks like that every week right now for the most part. Right. And they can still get the ball to Goddard. Jalen hurts is the guy that looks it's amazing because Jalen hurts 
has flipped with Kyler Murray from last year, in in my opinion. So last year, Jalen Hurts was a good fantasy play because you were like, he's probably going to get you 20, but his ceiling was almost like 23. It was this weird thing with him. And Kyler could get you 20, but he could have also got you 40 last year. This year, Jalen Hurts can get you 40, no problem. Kyler is going to get you close to 20 every week, but there's no ceiling outcome, it feels like, for him at this moment, which that can absolutely change going forward when he gets some key pieces back to the offense. But I think the the biggest takeaway for me is Hurts looks good throwing the football, and this offense is wheels up for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think a lot of people's biggest thing was like, could this, you know, when, when it came to these weapons, was like, which one is going to be it? Because they didn't think Jalen Hurts, and maybe I'll, I'll probably, I, you know, I didn't know if he was going to do this, but they didn't think that he could he could have two pass catchers be basically almost that alpha kind of role. And we've seen now A.J. Brown in that week one, and now Devonta Smith, and now basically the last two weeks, and, they, and they're both getting a 27% target share or higher. I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts looks like the guy, and not only the guy, he could sustain two pass catchers per week with his like throw. that was the big things like will Jalen Hurts make that step throwing yes clearly he he's made it known he can make that step throwing and he can support this cast so I think like that like right now that end of that that third because or AJ Brown was going in the second to third and a lot of like a lot of the time he was right. that second third pick then you also have um Devonta Smith who looking like a clear smash at, at the moment yeah after after three yes um and then the, the only thing that I never was fully in on was that backfield. Um, not that it's, you know, bad. It's just they – it's yeah, Jalen Hurts as a runner eats into them so much that I was always on Jalen Hurts as a passer. Like, I loved Goddard, uh, and and I love Devonta Smith, and I, and, uh, and I love A.J. Brown. Like, I was high on them overall. And they look like – after three weeks, they looked like the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, and Mike brings up, will any running back ever be usable, though? Yeah. And that's kind of – Pick one I mean, like, exa- yeah. exactly what you said at the end there. That's why I I was taking Gainwell because of the price on him and not taking Miles Sanders because exactly what you said, Jalen Hurts but, is going br- to eat into all that. I mean, we see this with offenses like this, mm-hmm. that the running back, you're – you're losing value on those running backs because the quarterback is going to take over a lot of that goal line yeah. work. It is clear it's Miles Sanders as the guy, though, as the running back. Like it, in, in attempts and and, and everything, I, 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 even receptions, he has more than Kenny Gainwell. So I mean, he's the guy. Um, it's just a matter of how much does Jalen Hurts eat into that, and it's it's as of right now. But as of I mean, through the three games, it's been Miles Sanders, the 222 rush yards to 33 and 29. I mean. Uh, more catches than any of the guys out there. It's just a matter. It's literally just a matter of how much will Jalen Hurts eat into that. Um, and if he's slinging the rock as much as he's doing right now, that's almost just helping spree up Miles Sanders. So, like they're gonna, they, right. it's gonna be a very hard time being able to do their read option or basically that yeah, their zone read where it's you can hand off, you can throw, you can run the jet. Like that offense is scary, and their it's... defense is pretty good too, as yeah. we saw. As they shut down, as Slay shut down JJ, and um, uh, who they just play last week that they just the Commanders, yeah, they the only the first points the Commanders had was a safety, so that'll tell you something. Yeah, um, the very few weaknesses on that team right now overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they have a single weakness on the offensive side of the ball. As much as I'm not fully in on Miles Sanders, that Sanders Gainwell even Boston Scott tandem is kind of what you need in the NFL now. You don't mm-hmm. need you don't need you know prime Derrick Henry. Those guys just don't win you championships. And at the moment, so I, I love the way the Eagles are set up going forward. Miami, we need to talk about the Dolphins. And shockingly, they're three and zero right now, which mm-hmm. is crazy. That game against the Bills angered me tremendously because I had. I had money lined the bills on a parlay. Uh. <laughs> so I was not happy. Poor one out. <clears throat> yeah. So that wasn't fun. But I I think that they Tua looks good. 
I, I mean, how can you not say he looks he looks good? Maybe, maybe McDaniel was the real answer all along to the San Francisco stuff, and he might have been getting held back a little bit on what he wanted to do. So now that he's fully unleashed, <laughs> we can kind of see what kind of offenses he really wanted to run. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the videos that Eric posted about um, McDaniel on Twitter, which if you if you haven't seen them, they're amazing about Dar- – uh, I forget who it was talking. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name, so I don't even know. I forget I think his it name. Was, but... I think it was Hawkins. Yeah, Hawkins. He was, talking, he was talking about his time with McDaniel, and that was a great – just a great video, an insight into McDaniel. And then basically I saw him like getting Tyreek Hill, just the way his brain works. It's, it's, he's awesome. I, I'm a stand already for him. Um, I'll take, I'll victory lap this over three weeks. Like there to, well, if I can, t- I'll take the L on new England. Shouldn't have been mm-hmm. stacking them. My next highest are Jacksonville, Miami uh, tied as my two teams throughout, even just this is best ball mania. If we want to go through all tournaments, um, it's Jalen Waddle and Tua because I was just hammering them nonstop. Um, so I was big on the Dolphins. I, I didn't see Tyreek Hill coming there, eating into any of that. I, I was, I, I just was, I was like fins up. <laughs> I was fins up the entire off season. Um, I loved Raheem Mostert. I loved his price coming in. We already talked about that before. Um, sucks. Chase mm-hmm. Edmonds got there. Yes. But I mean, he literally got there with his two touchdowns. So congrats. Um, but yeah. Um, I, I love I love the Dolphins. I, they're kind of now. If you want me to, to basically do the you and pick a team that you now fall in love with, it's it's going to be the Dolphins. Like, I just think there's so much fun. I, McDaniel's an like just an awesome character. He's 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 an awesome guy. He's fun, so fun to root for. Um, so yeah, I love it. I love it. I love the Finns. I'm all. I, that's all I can say. I'm so excited for them, especially with all the exposure that I have on them. So hopefully they can keep it going. I wish I wish I did have more Miami exposure because I did like Waddle and I did like Hill. And I even like Tua at the price, like because we brought it up earlier. There was like that last little tier before a gigantic break, which was Tua and Trevor Lawrence. I just want Trevor Lawrence. You made me want to see what teams I have the most stacks of. Kansas City was going to be obvious for me that I that <laughs> really? I have. Yeah, the guy I mean, counting Patty or Patty Mahomes all offseason. I couldn't know. Yeah, that's yeah. a shock. Um, uh, my my next three are Philly, Buffalo, Jacksonville, though. So, ooh, that's beautiful. Um, so hey, so one thing, one thing that uh, I was always in on, I was in lockstep with you, and I'm just hoping that something breaks. You know, that the, the play was always basically we need someone to go down or for a team to need a trade for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting here with all these dear mistakes right now, and I'm just like, come on, man, or come on, Browns, do something. Like, yeah. Like yeah. just do something with them. Is that like is did he was was he a flash in the pan? Was he not? A, I mean, because when we saw him play, like we we know why we were drafting him. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I right now I'm just kind of like he's he's basically Will Fuller, except he's we actually know where he is. So we actually know where Dearness is, but we're just sitting there and holding bags. Yeah, but we fun. but we knew the thesis exactly. of the play the entire exactly. time, right? You were getting him in the 18th round. Yep. You yep. knew that. Kareem Hunt and Chubb were in front of them. Yep. But what we know is if Hunt or Chubb goes down, either mm-hmm. one of them, which one of them will go down for a few games this year. It's like an anomaly if they don't. It's not because of who they are. It's just because the way the NFL works, like mm-hmm. running yep. backs just drop, that we are going to get usable weeks because they're still going to give – they're not going to give one of them the lion's share of the work in terms of like 90%. They're going to let Dearness run some, right? Or – Somebody major might get hurt, you know, like so, somebody might go down and Dearness still gets traded or Kareem Hunt still gets traded. We knew what the outs were for Dearness Johnson. This I'm not what worried I about it. See, this yeah. is what I needed. I just needed consolidation because I'm just sitting here and I'm like, for another for another brother that had de- as much Dearness as me and sitting there, it's, it's tough to look at. But yeah, no. <laughs> We but just had it, to talk about it as 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 a dearness touter yourself. You know yeah, what I mean. We 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 knew what some of the outcomes were for this. I mean, we were hoping for the trade in the preseason. Obviously, that yeah. would have been the absolute nuts <laughs> for sure. But you know, I'm not shocked that he completely that they didn't trade one of them based on their waiting to get Deshaun Watson in week you know 11 or 12 or whatever it is, and they just wanted to keep that backfield as intact and just win games that way for now. But make no mistake, if somebody goes down on a viable contender, hell, it might be Miles Sanders. If Miles Sanders goes down, 
the Eagles might be like, hey, what can we trade to get Kareem Hunt over here or something like that? So nah, Trey Sermon, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so okay. don't don't be shocked if something like that happens. Your Dolphins, if Chase Edmonds goes down, yeah, we like Raheem Mostert, right? But what if they added Kareem Hunt to that team? So, or even Dearness Johnson. I think Hunt's the one that would be more likely to be yeah, traded. Exactly. Still, and but I'm yeah. fine with that for Dearness Johnson. Give me 35% of the snaps with an 18th round guy who might be able to pop two off in a game here and there. Yeah, it, it's fine. We we put the thesis <laughs> we, of the play. Come, with come week 17, when you have two teams in the final and you ha- and they both have Dearness, and he, that's the one week he's he does anything. Right. They'll sit there and go, that was the thesis. And right. The whole time, that yeah. was the play, everyone. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. We had a guy, in, oh, Quez Watkins the other night. So, like, if you took Quez Watkins in the 18th round, you already got what you wanted out of him yeah. in the, in the game against the Vikings, right? He had that game where he popped off that long touchdown. If he yeah. does it one more time this year, then great. But you never draft these 18th rounders looking to get especially in the beginning of the year, like you're not looking for usable weeks. If your 18th rounders are giving you usable weeks in the beginning of the season, then the rest of your team might be garbage and it might not matter anyways. If you missed on your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, your team's probably dead. So yeah, I I mean, there's, there's exceptions to this, of course, but you know what I mean? But in general, that's, that's what we're looking for from those guys. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. And I don't think there's been the major injuries as much this year in the backfield like there normally is. Now, there's been injuries for sure, but, you know, we're starting to see it. DeAndre Swift's about to go out for two games, probably. Yep. So you're going to start seeing it happen. Um, Yeah. So I I, hopefully that that quells your fears of (laughs) of Deer and his Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I just figured we're talking trends. We might as well talk about the guy that has been inactive for most of the time. This never this never bothers me either though. So like they're saying they thought there was an RB ahead of Dearness now. He was an active week one. Not sure about the other weeks. We see this time and time again where they have this third guy that they make inactive on game day, but when one of them goes down, that guy that was inactive is the next guy up, even yep. though he wasn't active. It's not I think we overreact to that stuff sometimes too much. I mean, it's viable and you got to like kind of read the tea leaves and all that stuff. But to me, it means nothing right now. I don't care. Like, I literally don't care right now. 18th round pick. We know what he can be. Um, I'm, I'm not sweating it too much. Is there any other team that like leaps off the page to you that you're either like overly excited about or um, scared to death of what let's go. Let's talk about the Vikings. <laughs> let's are you, uh, are you worried about the Vikings right now? No, no, not yeah, worried at all. There's no reason. Uh, to I'm not worried at all. Um, I mean, it, the, everyone's Dalvin. I mean, Dalvin Cook's already already got his injury, so right. it's been Alexander Madison's already been there for you. Um, no, I'm not scared about Justin at all. I mean, uh, after like watching the entire games and all that. No, um, I mean, we always knew that. That's why people were drafting Thielen and Osborne because like you can't just you know what I mean. It, it, we, we were hoping Jeff or Jefferson was going to be cut, but we knew that in my mind, there are little, little better weapons um, and ancillary weapons too. I, I mean, we see Robinson, but Thielen isn't as dusty. I never thought he was, you know, the whole old Thielen dustiness. Like he'll still get you the red zone touchdowns. Like he's literally their first look in the red zone. It's, it's over anyone or anything. It's like Thielen. Let's like, what's the play we have designed for Thielen. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about that team at all. Um, JJ will have his weeks. You know what I mean? Jamar Chase has already had his duds. So yeah, as the same thing is like, I mean, we could talk about the Bengals. That would be, uh, honestly, they've now rebounded after two, basically, if it was going to be the same week as um, they had the Jets to rebound, if they did the same thing, what they did in the first two weeks of the Jets, it would be like, basically the panic button is being pressed on these Bengals. Like the line is terrible. What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, they, they were my lock last week. Like, yeah, they were the easy smash to me to to not only win, but to cover any bet that you were making. The Bengals just it didn't go down the way I wanted it to go down, particularly in terms of the way the scores were were, were happening. Yeah, I, I had a lot of chase. I had a lot of mixing last week. Uh, 
but whatever. The the Bengals, they're going to be fine. They're going to figure it out. Exactly. And we go through this every year. One of the weird traditions in the NFL is the losing team in the Super Bowl has this crazy Super Bowl hangover. And we knew we should have known that it was coming with the Bengals. I didn't think it was, but, you know, it, it did happen. So I think they're going to be fine going forward. I don't. I don't think they're going to be – I don't think they've ever been what people think they are, though, right? They have always wanted to run the football. Well, I think we talked about this in the offseason. If they can run, they're going to run. They're not – they don't want to sling the ball 50 or 60 times. And I think people misconstrue this team as, like, just this, like, absolute gun show team, and they're just kind of not. Maybe they should be. But that's that's not their complete style, right? Yeah, I mean, with three of their skill positions going in the first two rounds, like, yeah, the people were the market was heavy on the Bengals' offense, so they expected yeah. they expected it to be that gunslinging team along with Mixon getting you know mixing in the same work as last year in the passing game and everything. So that was yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I think they're going to be fine going forward. They're they're still going to be a top top half offense. They'll be floating right around that top ten spot probably. They could even work their way up a little bit more, but I'm not. I'm not worried about the Bengals as a whole. Nope. Um, in general, they'll be fine. They'll. They're going to have some explosion games coming up too, most likely. Yeah. Let Let's talk about who they played though. I like what I see from the Jets and some of their skill position players, specifically Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall is starting to come on. I wasn't big on Brees Hall not because I didn't believe on his talent or anything like that. I just was going other ways in the fourth round of best ball drafts, but there was no knock on him. I just thought he was going a little too high, and it's something I could be wrong on. Yeah, my my highest exposed jet is my fifth exposed player, and that's Elijah Moore. So, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of a bummer, but I expect I expect him to be just – I expect a Garrett Wilson more tandem to be fine. I, I have a lot of Garrett Wilson as well. Um, I thought that was a just a smash pick there. Um, I, I was always Michael Carter over Brees Hall just for price. So that's what I will say. I was team Mikey Carter. My, <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think I have much Brees if I have any. I have my, two drafts with Brees. So. Oh, well, yeah. My sixth highest exposed player is Garrett Wilson at 26%. And that was just because talent based on where he was getting drafted. If he was going a little bit higher, I can promise you that number would have been – maybe cut in half but it's just it was where it was going i i liked it um but yeah i i think i think i'm fine with all the all of the jets i thought they would be a halfway decent offense i thought you could one off them i didn't want to stack them though like my zach wilson stacks are low uh, and clearly no one was taking flacco <laughs> except 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 for the one draft that i was in that the guy took flacco in the first round so, oh, uh, I know one thing. I it doesn't, uh, wasn't Felix in the chat? Doesn't he a, a more or a Zach Wilson? He is a big Zach Wilson guy, yeah, yeah, he has a lot. So, I think he was, t- yeah, <laughs> yeah, has a better connection with more. Well, well, let's hope, let's hope, Felix. That would be that would be my that would help out a lot because he's been a it's been all Garrett Wilson so far, <laughs> right? All right, let's do a final thoughts. And do you have anybody? It's very early in the week. It's only Tuesday. As you looked ahead to the schedule this coming week, who are you looking at either for Battle Royals or Battle Battle Royals or <laughs> DFS this week? Um, well, like I said to you before the show, like this slate is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the we have the Bengals and uh, Dolphins on an island game. We have the Vikings and Saints in London on a morning game. Chiefs and Bucks Sunday night, Rams, 49ers, Monday night. So if you just literally go the skill positions and the quarterbacks on those teams, like the the battle royale drafts, you look at, you're looking literally looking at Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts as your top three. And then it's like Mark Andrews and then Stefan Day. Like it's gross. Um so honestly, like as gross as it sounds, I've been gravitating so hard to that uh Browns and Falcons game. Mm-hmm. Just going on Vegas totals along with the Lions and Seahawks. Uh, so I've just been playing the ownership leverage game. So if I'm if you if we just want the quick battle royale call, like they're disgusting. Uh, they're really hard. 
it, it, this this slate is just so tough. I mean, you don't have all the all the star players from the teams. You can literally start naming them yourself. I don't have to do that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's you're gonna have to figure out if you're playing at volume. You'll have to make a stand on 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 basically the main game, which is the Bills and Ravens. That's that's the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of the you have all of those guys going so high in the drafts that it's impossible to mega onslaught them in the battle royale drafts like a typical mm-hmm. DFS. You just don't have the option. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, tune in. We'll we'll be doing a show. Uh, we'll be doing our battle royale show with with Eric tomorrow night, and then we always do um, our streams over at Badge Bros. Check us out there. Um, yeah, we're always talking battle royale and di- diving deep into the weeds. So I know, yeah. It's been it's awesome. So, sixty-eight hundred on DraftKings. I said it earlier. Javante Williams gets two touchdowns this week against the Raiders. Lock He's it free. In. He's free. Um, He's these drafts. So free. Go, go ahead and and that's just one thing I'll say is um, uh, the show we did today uh, with Mark Garcia from uh, from NBC Sports in one week season. He he made a great point, and it's like if you if you just put everyone in terms of DFS salary, like Kyler Murray's the fourth highest player in DFS or in, in, in for DraftKings salary. Mm-hmm. He's going way after these top three quarterbacks, the first three picks in the draft. So it's like you're getting a pay up quarterback basically in the fifth or sixth round sometimes. Like you're yep. getting a Justin Herbert. Like it, so it's just like figure out a way, like what figure out a way that to attack these that you think is best, you know, tune into these uh, shows. Eric writes a unreal or like a great strategy piece every week. So yeah, these are these are a great way to get exposure to certain games or stuff that you normally would maybe fade on DFS or something like that. You can get your 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 value uh, on great on great players here. So, quick little plug for that. All right, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Make sure you check us out next week. I think Bime Four will finally be back to take some L's. And... Depends how his exposures look. I guess after this week. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> And also, I think we have a pretty fun show coming up for you guys on Thursday. We haven't announced it yet, but be in the Discord looking out for that. It's going to be uh, something quite different that me and Biofor will be bringing you. So until then, we will catch you guys later. Peace.